0: The playoff picture is coming into focus, and so is the MVP favorite. All of the MVP candidates were in action on Thursday night, but one made the strongest case to perhaps separate himself from the rest of the pack. We'll tell you who it is on today's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Friday edition of Locked on NBA, your daily podcast on the NBA. However you may be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app, thank you for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day. I'm Wes Goldberg here with Adam Mares on today's show. The Heat clinched the number one seed in the East without playing. Anthony Edwards joins Elite Company, and Nikola Jokic creates his own club while wearing a new accessory. We'll get to all of that later on, but let's start today in Milwaukee, where the Bucks beat the Celtics 127 to 121, the Celtics were without Jason Tatum and Al Horford, but got a 22-point triple-double from Jalen Brown and 29 points from Marcus Smart. Neely came away with the win on the second night of a back-to-back for them. Marcus Smart's three-and-layup gave the Celtics a three-point lead with just over two minutes to go, but Bobby Portis made a three to tie the game. The Bucks scored the game's final nine points to hold on to the win, which puts them a half-game ahead. Of the Celtics for the number two seed in the East, Giannis and Drew Holiday each finished with twenty nine points apiece. Adam, an impressive effort from Boston without their best player. Very impressive. Now the Bucks have a great chance to hold on to
1: this number two seed. Do you know who has the tiebreaker between these two teams? Off the top of my head, I don't. I don't think. Now know. it's the Bucks. Now it's the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, yeah. Then obviously a huge one and tough for for Boston to be short handed. Uh, you know, with it, those are the breaks. Um, but I, I'm actually, it's funny because I'm more, I walk away from this more impressed with the Celtics for hanging close to Milwaukee as shorthanded as they were. Yeah. I mean, I, I still think it, one of the things that we're running into right now across the NBA are these teams vying for playoff seating, but also not wanting to show their hand too much mm-hmm. because these two teams might face each other here in two and a half weeks, you know, in the second round of the playoffs, that might be a matchup. So you both want to win the seating because home court will be huge for that. But you also don't want to fully let the other team know what it is you're going to be doing in that matchup. So a weird one impressed the Celtics hung tight, but not enough to to overcome Giannis and the Bucks.
0: I kind of feel like this is the game like that Jalen Brown really enjoys. You know, it's pretty (laughs) clear that now it's separated. Like Jason Tatum is the alpha and it's not even 1A, 1B anymore. It's just it's Jason Tatum's team. And you just get the sense that maybe sometimes Jalen Brown was like, man, maybe it could be my team. And like tonight it was his team and he showed up, you know, he, he had a good night overall. He was really good defensively. Um, I just wonder with everything at stake, I understand it's the second night of a back to back, but this is the Milwaukee bucks and you have an opportunity to go get the number two seed and a ho- and home court advantage yeah. uh, over every other team other than Miami in the Eastern conference in a row. Like Why? Like, like we know that Jason Tatum really wasn't dealing with tendinopathy or whatever it was or al Hor- we know Al Horford could have played in this game I that to me was a little weird I I just I can't help but think if if Boston did this a little bit on purpose thinking like hey if we win great that's gravy but also if we lose we're starting to avoid a potential matchup with Brooklyn in the first round who looks like they are probably going to end up with not the eighth seed but they're going to have a really good chance at perhaps getting the seventh seed and playing the number two seed. And now the Bucks have the tiebreaker and the inside track and getting that two seed and that date with Brooklyn in the
1: first round. I mean, it might. It, obviously it sure looks like that from the outside. Uh, it could be a big part of it. I, I'm curious how much – I mean, Brooklyn really is a fantastic team or it has some fantastic talent. And, of course, yeah. they have the talent to beat you, especially in a playoff series. It's weird to me that a team that has been as good as the Boston Celtics have been over the back half of the season – to be thinking in those terms, especially when a second round matchup would put you on the road against yep. the defending champions. I mean, you have to weigh all of this. It, would it make sense to avoid a team like Brooklyn if, if there weren't those other pieces of this, you know, the second round matchup of this or that? Maybe it would. But to me, the East is going to be tough. I think for every single top four seed in the East, it's going to be tough. Uh, all the way through, so I, I don't get—I don't necessarily understand the idea of telling your team, "Hey, we're going to avoid this match."
0: I wonder how much the Robert Williams thing has to do with that because he's going to get back. They were reporting today on TNT either at like the end of the first round or perhaps the beginning of yeah. the second round. If Robert Williams never gets hurt, maybe they're a little bit more confident in their defense guarding Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I don't know, um, but it's definitely something that I thought about while I was watching this. I mean, they—they they played last night in Chicago, blew that team out. The yeah. Bulls is not a team that I'm worried about as much as the Bucks. It's like, well, True. if we're going to rest these guys. Why not rest them in, against Chicago as opposed to against Milwaukee, unless you were intentionally maybe hoping, kind of crossing your fingers, that you would lose this game? I don't know. Just a thought. Let's go to Toronto, where Pascal Siakam had 37 points, 12 assists, and 11 rebounds for his third career triple-double. Gary Trent Jr. scored 30 points, and the Raptors beat the 76ers 119-114. to The 76ers trailed by four with three and a half minutes to go, but... Gary Trent Jr. scored five points and got, and a steal by Pascal Siakam led to a driving dunk for the rookie Scotty Barnes with a minute and a half uh, to go to put the Raptors up 115 to 107 and seal the win for the Sixers. Joel Embiid had 30 points and 10 rebounds. And as he continues his push for the scoring title and is obviously in the MVP mix, uh, but the loss sinks them to a full game behind Milwaukee now, a half game behind Boston. At fourth place. Uh, But what I really want to talk about here, Adam, is James Harden. Because he had just 13 points on 3 of 12 shooting. His scoring just continues to be up and down since getting to Philly. Over his last six games, he's averaging 18 points on 35% shooting. Uh, He is averaging double-digit assists. He had 15 tonight. But that's not good enough. What can we expect from the
1: Sixers if Harden can't turn his scoring around? I'm nothing. You can't expect anything from them, especially in a matchup that they are currently slotted to face uh, with Toronto. And again, of course, a high profile thing today. We find out Matisse Tybal is the one who is ineligible to play in Toronto, meaning he is an unvaxxed player, and he's a big swing piece for them. I mean, obviously he provides some defensive punch. That would be a really tough series, in my opinion, for the 76ers to start their playoff run with. And then the most important thing, you know, when they acquired James Harden, I think everybody looked at this and thought Embiid's a great player. He's a big Harden's a great player. He's a ball handler. They're going to fit like peanut butter and jelly. That has not been the case in large part because James Harden might be the guy that has the hardest time fitting in with other people, with other players. He likes his style. You give him a rim, a rim roller. Somebody is going to play against the rim, but guess what? A rim roller like Clint Capella doesn't need anything. He doesn't even need to catch the ball in the roll. He just has to roll hard. And sometimes you throw it, sometimes you don't. James Harden needs, or I'm sorry, uh, Joel Embiid needs his touches. He's a great player. He played great tonight. But do the, but I think the adjustment for James Harden and fitting in with him, and then also just, you know, his age. He's not quite as quick, not quite as sharp, uh, not quite as good as he once was. I think those two things combined, we're starting to see. I'm not saying the, the, the book is out on the 76ers. But we're starting to see that it wasn't going to be as seamless and as easy as most people thought a month ago.
0: Just a couple of fun notes from this one. Precious Achua, a five made three pointers. He's a center for people who don't know that. That's yeah. crazy. Good for him. Uh, 20 points. That was a career high, obviously. Uh and they've then- got
1: so many guys. The Raptors are like the Suns to me in that they have again, yeah, Precious Achua is not gonna go five and seven from the three very often, but they've just got so many different guys that one of them tends to stand to to step up on any given night and tonight if you really want the story about what happened with the 76ers team and what has been happening with them for quite a while it's that they only have their starting lineup once you have to go to that bench or start staggering they just haven't really figured out how to make that work and tonight they got killed whereas the Raptors just have so many different guys who can contribute in so many different ways
0: could be like like you said like a first round playoff preview potentially and if that's the case man like the Raptors made a really good run like I don't know who I would take in that series. I mean, I think Sixers would be favored, but yeah, I think, yeah, I I I might take Toronto. Toronto. I
1: know this sounds crazy West, but Toronto has a lot of length. They're a great offensive rebounding team because of that length and specifically on the wing. And they also double inside very well. So they actually have a lot of wins this year against 76ers against Denver against Minnesota. They've all teams that rely on a post presence. They've done a very good job of sort of eliminating that it's sort of their strength. So to me, I would take Toronto and then you start to think about Joel Embiid for as great as he has been this year, obviously an MVP candidate, can he play 42, 43, 44 minutes a night? Tonight he played 37. This was a must-win game, right? This was a this was a right. big one for them. He played 37 minutes. Every minute he was on the bench the 76ers were getting killed. In a playoffs, that's probably going to have to be 41, 42. And I just don't know if he can play at the the MVP level he's played at all year. I don't know if he can do that 42 minutes a night in a playoffs.
0: And the level that James Harden has been playing at lately, like, yeah, the Sixers have the best player in that series, but the Raptors have the second best player in that series. Probably they probably have the third best player in that series. They could have the fourth best player in that series as well, based on how James Harden has just been not that impressive. He's down. He's down bad. Uh, (laughs) Another one last fun note on this one. Uh, Danny Green. Finally got his 2019 NBA championship ring. Uh, it was presented to him <laughs> by Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam. Just a wow. really cool pregame ceremony. I don't know why it's taken this long. I'm sure it's just a coincidence, uh, but good for him. Finally getting the the pre-pandemic championship That's crazy. ring. I mean, that seems like forever ago. I was at that championship I, <laughs> like in San Francisco. That was crazy. In, in Oakland, that was crazy. Um all right, Thursday's games also mean that the Heat have clinched the number 1 seed in the East. They didn't play, but they needed those games to go that way in order for them to clinch. So, should having home court advantage now make the Heat the favorites in the East? Before I let you answer that, Adam. Currently, according to bet online, the Heat, despite being the number 1 team in their own conference, have the fifth best odds in the East. They're behind the Bucks, the Nets, the Celtics, and the 76ers in, in odds to come out of their conference and make the NBA finals. Does having home
1: court make them the favorites? Should it? Having home court? No. But if you just start to look at how things are lining up to me, the teams that scare me the most in terms of they could go all the way, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Boston, not necessarily in that order, maybe in reverse order, to be honest, but those are the teams. And at the moment, it appears as though they might all line up on the opposite side of the bracket. Miami might only have to go through Atlanta or Cleveland. Not that that's, an easy series but it's easier than the other ones they would have and then a second round against toronto or philadelphia to me just right now those that's the easiest path so in that way maybe but the number one seed aspect of this to me is not not the part it's really just who they might go up against
0: Yeah, it's funny. If Brooklyn ends up getting that seven seed, you're exactly right. You're only going to have to, if you're the Heat and you make it to the conference finals and make it to the NBA finals, you're only going to have to go through one of Boston, Milwaukee, or Brooklyn to do that. If not, like you said, none of these teams are walkovers, but if given the choice, you pick Philadelphia or Toronto over Boston, Milwaukee, or Brooklyn. So we'll see. It's really interesting. Um, All right. Coming up next, Nikola Jokic makes history on Thursday night, and it could seal the MVP race for him. But first, mm. let's talk about our friends at Bet Online. Bet BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sport wagering information, including live betting, eSports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Let's start in Denver, where the Nuggets clinched a playoff spot with a 122-109 win over the Grizzlies' Nikola Jokic wearing a headband finished with 35 points and 16 rebounds. More importantly, the Joker becomes the first player in NBA history with 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 500 assists in a single season. Adam, this game only strengthened his MVP case, and we're going to talk about that. But first, why the headband?
1: <laughs> this was a wild game. In the first minute, or maybe the second minute of the game, Jokic took an elbow from Jaron Jackson Jr. in at Burton, but it but it gave him a pretty good cut. With some, with a, a river of blood pouring out of his head, uh, Michael Malone after the game said he had a flashback to Steve Nash. If you remember back in that playoff series where they couldn't stop the bleeding, mm. and they're thinking this was a must-win game for Denver. You know they needed the win to to clinch a playoff uh, a spot out of the play and in the top six. Yeah. And so he had flashbacks, thinking his joke not going to be available for this must-win game. Uh, he actually went out. I think the Nuggets were down twenty-two to twelve to start the game before they could get that patched up, wrap a headband around him to kind of block any blood that might seep out but from the moment he checked back in halfway through that first quarter all the way until he clinched the game uh halfway through the fourth quarter Jokic was as dominant as he has been at any point in the season just completely destroyed and picked apart the memphis grizzlies to the tune of 35 points 16 rebounds six assists four steals one block 16 of 24 shooting and here's the crazy part uh wes plus 37 37 I knew you were going. This wasn't there. a blowout. This was not a blowout no. game. This, I mean, it was a 13 point game, but a plus 37. It, it, he just was against the Grizzlies. Dominant. I know they were without John Morant, but that hasn't hurt them all season long. And and, and he honestly made it look as easy as you yes. could, could possibly do it. If you just look at Jokic's numbers, I mean, Denver found themselves in this very tight spot where they needed to sort of win a lot of games down the stretch to, to maintain and hold on to that six seed. If you look at Jokic over those last uh, seven games, the numbers are absurd. Something like 36 points, 15 rebounds, six assists, and, and shooting 65% from the field. Uh, and now he wraps up. He he's if this is his last game, and I sort of suspect it will, Denver has mm-hmm. nothing to play for in their final game against the Lakers. So I imagine they'll try to buy him some rest. Neither do the Lakers. But yeah. Neither do the well, LeBron's <laughs> scoring title. Maybe I don't know. Oh, maybe, yeah. 27 points, 13.8 rebounds, 7.9 assists, basically a 27-14-8 season for Jokic on 58% shooting. An abs an absurd year. Yeah, he said after the game, this he felt like this was his best year by a lot. That he got a lot better from last year when he won the MVP. Well, I love that he says that because there needs
0: to be a narrative case built a little bit. I think for Jokic that is different than advanced stats, right? Because you just listed the counting stats and they blow your mind. Like this is just going to be one of those years where you look at the game log. It's it's never it's crazy two thousand points one thousand rebounds and five hundred assists like the Denver Nuggets PR people needed to be tweeting that out every minute on the minute uh, and like tagging the voters in those tweets because that's a great case right like that's more impressive than me to me than the Russell Westbrook triple double season right. that's crazy here's, here's um,
1: well the also the, just the efficiency which is crazy I mean he's shooting sixty five percent from twos this this year. I put this out earlier. Joel Embiid, for for reference, is shooting fifty two percent. So he's shooting thirteen percent better on two point shots this year than Joel Embiid is. Uh, but the crazy one, if you really want just to get away from sort of the stats, the Nuggets preseason over under this year was forty seven wins. They got forty eight tonight. They hit their over, an over that was set with the idea that Michael Porter would be playing this year, right. that Jamal Murray would be back early part of March. Neither of those things ended up happening, and yet they still hit their over. Absolutely absurd.
0: A lot of reasons why Nuggets coach uh, Michael Malone declared after the game, quote, the MVP isn't even a competition. I'm going to assume he was talking about his dude, Jokic, right? Like He wasn't <laughs> like, it's definitely Giannis. Uh, but uh, do,
1: do you agree with with Michael Malone, Adam? I mean, I, the only reason I don't – do I agree with my own opinion? I'm Look, I'm very biased. I, I've watched yeah. more Nuggets games than any other team. I watch every single one, most of them twice. So I'm, I'm, I'm too close, you know, to be able to give you an objective answer to this. But my opinion is that what Jokic did this year um, just is it, so much more impressive and more valuable when you talk about why is the team in the position that they are in. And, again, if you look at the standings, the Nuggets have 48 wins. The Milwaukee Bucks have 50. So you're talking about it. it's not that that difference when you talk about conference to conference. What, what you know where we're at here. Um, to me, that's just no question. I I do think it's Jokic. I I think it should be him. I won't be upset if somebody votes for Giannis. Embiid to me is the third one. I wouldn't be upset if people voted him as well. But when I just look at what Jokic has done, dragging this team, leading them in points, rebounds, assists, steals, field goal percentage, free throw percent, all of these things. Uh, it's just it's unparalleled to me
0: yeah and it's really important that they clinched a real playoff spot and they're not in this play-in mix too if they if he had if the Nuggets had dropped into the play-in it would not have been Jokic's fault but that's a tough thing for I think a lot of voters to maybe wrap their head around too so the fact that that's not going to be a thing that they do have to try to wrap their heads around I think is huge
1: another another little piece here though Wes just one other little thing that I they lost PJ Dozier this year and I know that's not a name that'll really ring out but he was their backup small forward And so because they were so short, they lost Michael Porter. Also losing P.J. Dozier has left them in this weird spot where they've had to play a lot of guard lineups or a lot of extra big lineups. So it's not just the main guys, but then every injury behind that forces you to have to play some weird combinations. And they've done that all year long and been able to survive it.
0: It's a good point. Uh, if I were the Nuggets PR department, I would be pushing the 2K, 1K, 500 thing more than the we lost PJ Dozier thing. <laughs> but point taken.
1: Fair point enough, taken. Fair <laughs> enough.
0: Uh, let's move on to Minneapolis, where Anthony Edwards set a career high with 49 points as the Timberwolves hung on to beat the Spurs 127 to 121. Edwards poured in 16 of his 28 shots. He made 6 of 14 from three-point range. He had a chance for 50 Adam, but he missed four shots in the final minutes as the crowd just egged him on, wanting that 50 burger. But uh he made two free throws in the final nine seconds uh remaining. He ends up finishing with 49. This is Anthony Edwards' fifth career 40-point game, trailing only LeBron's eight before the age of 21. He continues to impress, he continues to impress me so much that I was actually a little surprised that 49 was his career high. I actually thought he had a 50-burger on his resume. He doesn't. That's how good he's been.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's been fantastic. And then this game, 16 of 28, and as you mentioned, those four misses there down the end, I mean, he was having an even more hyper-efficient night. Yeah. Um. It was great. Here's what I will say, though, about this game. I am so for the idea of players going for it here, you know, like down the stretch, like I do not mind the fact that he was trying to get his 50 yeah. a couple years back. We had Jamal Murray take a three at the buzzer. That would have given him 50 Kyrie ended up punting. He was playing for the Celtics. He ended up punting the basketball into the stand saying that Yoke, uh, that Jamal Murray broke an unwritten rule of the game. I think we're past this. I think basketball's fun. And tonight Jokic was two points shy of his, of hitting that record. The Memphis Grizzlies knew it. They started double and triple teaming them, saying, hey, if you're going to get this record, you're going to have to shoot it over three guys. He did. I'm fine with, hey, he's going for 50. If you have pride, double him, triple him, whatever you got to do, don't let him get 50 if that's what you you want. But don't just ask him to stop trying. Um,
0: I'm okay with it, too. I know that it seems like it's easy nowadays in the NBA because it's happening more often, but 50 points in a game is really hard. And Anthony Edwards... I think he'll get it eventually, but he might not. You don't know, and you don't have that many chances. So if you're right there, why not gun for 50? It's it's a nice round number. People like to have it. Um, people it's keep a milestone. Track of it. And, and for a, a young guy
1: like that, it would have been a huge thing for him. First so, time,
0: yeah. I'm all for it, man. If you don't like it, stop him. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, let's go to San Francisco. The Warriors pulled away with a 37-28 fourth quarter to beat the Lakers 128 to 112. Clay Thompson made six threes. He finished with 33 points. And then Jordan Poole added 19 points and 11 assists as the Warriors shot 52% from the field, 50% from three, and made 100% of their free throws. There's just 10 of them, but they made all of them. The Lakers were without LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook, but they did get 40 points from Talon, Horton, Tucker, and Adam. Solid win for Golden State, sure. But I felt like the Lakers, the whole thing tonight for them was just sort of trying to develop THT in a way that they basically spent the whole season failing at, right? Like the whole year was like, oh, yeah, this is our guy from the bench. He's $10 million a year, whatever it is, and he's going to be our new guy. And they just never developed him. He didn't develop all year, and they just gave him the ball. They just let him do whatever he want, and he ends up scoring forty points tonight for the Lakers. I just thought it was a little ridiculous. I
1: can't, I can't believe you're asking me to say something about Taylor, Hort, Taylor, Horton Tucker and and his development or so. I don't, I don't really know what. I mean, yeah, no, he got let's just years. let's move on. We don't even need to talk about right, the Lakers about I was that? Ro- I was Roast the Lakers for a minute. You're not even going to let me do it. Oh, okay. Go ahead, roast no, them. I'll no, I'll, I'll say that there's nothing there. There's nothing there. I will say. LeBron to qualify for the scoring title will need to play these final two games. The Lakers are eliminated. Does he play him?
0: I think he does. <laughs> and I and it goes back to the Anthony Edwards thing. Like people are like ragging on LeBron. I was like, dude, this must have been such a miserable season for him. Just let him walk away. If he can go out and win the scoring title, let him walk away with something. I'm not gonna rag on him for trying to do that. I don't care. Go for it. <laughs> Why
1: not? You're thirty seven I mean, years old. To me, to me, it's weird. Just in that the 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 point of sports is to try to win, and if you can come out for the scoring title, but you couldn't come out for the games that you know could put you into the play-in and keep your hopes alive, mm-hmm. it's just weird to me. So maybe that's a double standard I have here. I don't know, but I, I to me, I just don't get it. But I do expect. I'm with you. I think he's going to play against Oklahoma City, play against Denver in a meaningless game that Denver won't play Jokic in, and he might score 100 points in the next two games.
0: <laughs> Why not? Uh, last couple of games here in Charlotte. Lamella Ball, 26 points, 9 assists, and 8 rebounds. The Hornets route the Magic 128-101. to 101. Headline here during the fourth quarter with the Hornets up by 25. Several players getting into a shoving match that resulted in uh, Orlando's Robin Lopez and Admiral Schofield getting ejected and Charlotte's Montrez Harrell being ejected so maybe some repercussions down the line for them something to keep an eye I on i they don't i don't i didn't
1: see this but i just know it's Montres harrell's fault <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't i don't know that it'd be Robert lopez i don't think it'd be admiral Schofield. so i'm just i'm gonna, yep. I'm gonna say it's probably mantras harrell
0: you are right he came in from behind the little scuffle that happened on some sort of like rebound or block or something i can't quite remember what it was um and everybody was like yo why are you shoving people and he was like because i'm Montres harrell and he was like yeah good point <laughs> Um, there you go. Finally, in New Orleans, the Pelicans blow out the Trailblazers, 127-94. to 94. The Pelicans got double-digit scoring from five different players, including C.J. McCollum, who had a team-high 23. Not much to glean from this one, Adam, uh, but your boy, Herb Jones, did have the play of the game when he closed out about 20 feet to block Keon Johnson's three-pointer. He then caught the ball in transition, and in one fell swoop, took it down for a mm. layup. Just
1: another great Herb Jones moment. Man, uh one and, and a long line of great plays for him. I was listening actually uh to an, uh Zach Lowe earlier today, had mm-hmm. him on the first team all rookie, which is pretty impressive for, for Jones if he ends up pulling that feed off. But um, you, you sure? know, happy for this Pelicans team, happy that they get their shot. I mean, what a crazy season for them mm-hmm. to be. Have a shot to make the actual playoffs, and I think a pretty good one. You know, they're gonna they're gonna put up a pretty good fight. Um, and and to do that all without Zion, by far their best player, is, is really impressive.
0: Well, talking about crazy seasons, that's what we're going to talk about next. Who had the most disappointing crazy season? That's coming up. But first, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. It is truly a standout among protein bars with its exceptional nutritional profile and so many delicious flavors. Built Bar is the favorite protein bar of many discerning fitness trainers and fitness enthusiasts alike. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They taste better than your current protein bar and they are perfect for an after workout snack or some needed energy throughout a busy day. Built Bars are low in calories and carbs are high in fiber. They are packed with protein. Just check out the macros. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs and 17 grams of protein. If you compare that to most protein bars, Built Bars are the clear winner. Plus, They come in great flavors, mint brownie, raspberry, salted caramel, cookies and cream, and much more. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. And if you haven't tried the Puffs, then you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting products. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie flavors. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off on your order again try Built Bars. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, it is Friday, so that means we are counting down to the weekend and today we're counting down the top 5 most disappointing seasons this season, Adam.
1: Yeah. I love it. So yeah, I actually did this uh I think over on Locked on Nuggets earlier this week, the the, the down bad, I know the season's wrapping up. This is our final Friday show of the regular season. So we got to talk about who's the most down bad. And number, I got to be honest, there's only four teams that are truly down bad. So the fifth spot here, very subjective, probably Mm. not accurate. Um, But my fifth most down bad team is the Washington Wizards. And the reason is, first of all, the worst spot to be in right now in the NBA is the 11th seed. You miss out on the play-in. You miss out on your great chance at the lottery. That's where they find themselves. But more importantly, do you remember, Wes? You got to jog your memory. Do you remember back in early December when yeah. the story of the NBA was the Washington Wizards? They're out they of the They won game. the
0: Westbrook deal. They got KCP. They got Coos. They got all these dudes. Yeah,
1: you got Wes Unsell Jr. here. Maybe he's the you know obviously has a storied history there with his father being a legend there in Washington in DC. So. All of the storylines were lining up, and then the wheels came off. They've been a disaster, just a free fall. Since then, uh, they got things got so bad that they added Kristaps Porzingis. They are so damn bad. They are <laughs> the Wizards
0: bad. are to me the most irrelevant team in the NBA this year. Ooh. They are just nothing interesting about them. Ugh. I don't care. Like when they're on League Pass, I'm like, honey, there's no basketball on tonight. Let's go out to dinner. He's like out. it's just <laughs> there's nothing.
1: Ouch. All right. Who's your next uh, one? All right. These next four are for real down bad. I, I feel bad for them. Number four. The poor feeling you don't feel bad for all of them, but go ahead. I actually don't feel bad for any of them. <laughs> Portland Trailblazers. The Portland Trailblazers. This is tough, man. I mean, this season began with Damian Lillard, CJ, running it back. You got Chauncey Billups, a new coach. You're always curious. Is it going to be you know, a good thing, a bad thing? Running it back was not the right. You had the ab injury for, you know, the core muscle injury for for Damian Lillard. He goes mm-hmm. out, and they basically spent the entire back half of the season just tanking. And when I say tanking, they out-tanked everybody. They out-tanked Oklahoma City down the stretch, mm-hmm. uh, losing uh, by a double digits to Oklahoma City the other night. So, for them, they're really down mm-hmm. bad, man. They they didn't come into the season expecting to try to lose every game, but that's what how they finished it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean... Can you be that down bad if maybe you thought that they were going to trade Damian Lillard and he's still on the roster? I don't know how much how excited you
1: are. Um, Can I give you a hot take, Wes? Yeah, they have a better chance of building a championship team over the next five years if they trade Damian Lillard. That's my opinion. I agree with you.
0: So yeah, I mean, me, what is what, what's. More? Yeah, I mean you're not what is the backcourt gonna be Anthony Simons and, and Damian Lillard? Because we kind of we saw this movie already. I they're so
1: win. far away from having yeah. a championship contender and Damian Lillard's thirty, thirty-one, I think. So yeah. I, I just don't see it. So it's tough, man. It, it's always tough when a team with a great player, when the ride sort of is coming to an end, but you gotta recognize it and you gotta move on.
0: Yeah, it's not a big three like Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons, and Shannon yeah. Watford there, is <laughs> like that's not getting it done. They're it's two
1: two players away from a big three. Yeah they they really are. Uh, all right, next. Uh the next, the Sacramento Kings. Ah. The Sacramento Kings who have just the, who are the 12 seed out west, but here's the thing. Not only did they miss the playoffs now for I can't remember what it is like the 16th year in a row, so the NBA leading. But they also came into it with a little bit of expectations and then traded away a young player with the idea of, "Hey, we're close. Let's just make a push." And then immediately after that trade, just lost every game until they were out of contention. Yep. There's just, I. that's a bit of a no-hoper team right now. Um, I'm so surprised you
0: have them. I, we're, we're at thirds. That means you have two teams that are down worse. Oh, come than, on, man. Sa- well, I know one of them. <laughs> but I, like this, like if you're a Kings fan, man, maybe I'm just too, I was too close to Sacramento for too many years and I just, I feel so bad for them. Uh, but like, Yeah. You 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 missed the you missed the playoffs for sixteen years in a row now. You lost your best prospect for no good reason, whatever. Like I know the Kings broadcasts are really pushing, like, you know what, De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis, Sabonis, they got some good chemistry. I'm like, I don't care if they have good chemistry. Yeah, Who do I care? So yeah. um, yeah.
1: Who's your next one? I'm These next curious. two, I can't believe it. Bing bong! The ah, New York Knicks. In the playoffs last year, the Knicks are back, Wes. The Knicks are back. I don't know if you've heard about it. The Knicks are back in are the lottery. Back. They are back in the lottery. This is a team that started 5-1. and one. The vibes were great. They were partying. They were yeah. partying there at Times Square, right outside of Madison Square Garden. They were going crazy. And then everything went south. They are not, they are a lottery team. They This is a team that had momentum last year, got smacked in the playoffs. You thought, okay, sometimes you have to get in, then you have to learn to win. They're not even going to get a chance to see if they learned any lessons last year. They're back in the lottery, back starting over. Back
0: where they belong, right? And I just love
1: the Tom Thibodeau quote.
0: Just talk about kicking somebody when they're down. Tom Thibodeau's quote, uh, when the Knicks blew their lead, uh, ended up getting blown out by like 12 points or something to Brooklyn. I think, what was that, Wednesday night? Um, Quoted afterwards, one of the reporters asked him, like, "What, what happened in this game? Was that just, you know... The fact that they have two superstars that you were supposed to have and you don't have those two superstars. And Tom Zibodeau is basically like, yeah, that was pretty much it. But also, I really like our young guys. I really like our guys. And if I'm a Knicks fan, I'm just like rolling over right now. Yeah. I'm just like, really? You like Tom, RJ you know, Barrett that much? that you think That you're cool yeah. not having KD and Kyrie? Whatever. Uh, 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 can I take a guess at who your next one is? You can take a guess. Is it the... Uh, is it the Lakers?
1: It's the Lakers. Of course, the most down bad team of all time. Arguably the most down bad team of all time. Yes. Outside of the playoffs, outside of the play-in, they entered the season with like the third best title odds. And somehow they're going to miss the playoffs. And now some of this was injuries. You know, some of this was just was that. But a lot of it wasn't. Anthony Davis the other night said, we always think about what could have been if it weren't for Kendrick Nunn being her. Like, what? Kendrick Nunn? The Nuggets lost Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. before the season started. They still made the playoffs. They still fought. They still competed. If you're a Lakers fan, it's not just that this team underachieved. It's not just that the Westbrook move went as poorly as possibly could have been seen, even if some people predicted it would go poorly. It's that this team just didn't have any fight to them. And I think if you've watched all these legends come through your your city, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, You know, I'll go all the way down the line to all the different legends, Kareem, Magic. All of a sudden, you get Anthony Davis, LeBron James. These guys are great. They won you a title. And then you have a season with a little adversity, and they just fold the way they did. I've never seen a team be so down bad as this Lakers team. And if I'm a Lakers fan, I think it's hard for me to get too excited about the offseason. Oh, how could you? I mean, this...
0: Just even based on how they built this, I I know that the whole thing is, can they get off of the Westbrook deal? Can they reshape this roster? I have no confidence that even if they give them, give them $50 million in cap space right now, I have no, I have no confidence that they could put a, a, the right roster around LeBron and Anthony Davis in the first place. I mean, we knew what the the thing was when you, I know, I understand that they had to spend on minimum contract guys but just how they have failed to develop players over the last few years. And then when they did, just got rid of them in the case of like an Alex Caruso. Uh, like it, it, to me, this showed the drop off between like role players like in Denver who you've developed and are at least average to above average in a lot of cases, for, uh, despite all the stars that like the Nuggets were missing versus just like minimum contract guys who were barely hanging on to the league. Like Avery Bradley got cut by Golden State, didn't even make their roster and he's starting for them. For most of the season like that is a this is the worst team that LeBron's ever played with like this whole idea like he carried better teams in Cleveland like those early Cleveland teams. The supporting cast was better like Delonte West was better than anybody this Cavaliers team had on the court for most of the season. Um, I it was it was a terribly constructed roster, which is not breaking news here. Um, I can't. I, I can't imagine that if you're a Lakers fan, how you're feeling any
1: better about that. And do you enjoy rooting from? Part of this about the off is like, can they improve around the margins? It's going to be tough. I don't think well yeah. enough to compete. But maybe they maybe they can add some guys here, and we'll see what happens. But I just think if you're a fan and you watch the team and the way that they sort of quit, it's almost like you lose trust. For me personally, you lose trust in a guy, and you think, mm. okay, things went wrong, and they just folded am I really going to buy into this team in November and December next year if things haven't hit? Because I know they're going to hit adversity at some point. I don't know. It's just, they need to, to me, find this is a the way most disappointing them. season I can imagine. And yeah. uh, I'm, a, I'm a well-known Lakers. You know, I root against them. It's no, it's, I don't hide that just from like a story standpoint. But this team in particular, to me, it was just like they disgust me.
0: <laughs> With how much we, they talked about Kendrick Nunn this year, Like missing Kendrick Nunn. I would not be shocked if some Lakers reporters gave Kendrick Nunn MVP
1: votes. (laughs) He might get one or two of them. Because
0: all I kept hearing was how badly they missed Kendrick Nunn. He must be really valuable. He must be really valuable if they missed him that bad. Um, All right. That'll do it for us today. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on NBA wherever you listen to the podcast for 30 minutes of the NBA's top stories every day. Until next Friday, you can find me over at Locked on Eat and Adam over at Locked on Nuggets. Thank you making Locked on NBA your first listen every day. And Adam, keep that same energy next week.
1: <laughs> I'll have it for sure.